Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domain. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. Today, I want to invite you to join me as we talk about three things that Hannah's prayer from 1 Samuel 1 teaches moms about praying for our children. I came across something puzzling to me this week as I tried to decide on my title for this week's blog post and my podcast. And my blog post is about Hannah's prayer and some of the lessons that her prayer teaches us about praying for our children. So for me, determining a title for a blog post is probably one of the most difficult parts of writing a blog or doing the podcasting. All of the writing experts will tell you how important a title is to get people to read your blog, to listen to your podcast, and for that to be found in Google searches. And since it takes several hours of work each week to write, post my blogs, and record the podcast, people reading them and listening to them really does matter to me. With all that being said, I use a couple of online tools that help me work on chiseling my title to coordinate with my blog post topic or my podcast topic to appeal to readers and listeners and to have this good SEO score. And a good SEO score usually means that the title contains words or phrases that people actually search for in Google. Now, personally, I cannot even begin to tell you how much I use Google. Many times it is for silly, meaningless information, but sometimes it is for things that really matter to me. I did a Google search for statistics regarding using Google. And I learned that there are 2 trillion Google searches a year, which equates to 5 billion searches a day. That's billion with a B. And its most minimal time reduction is 63 million every second. Looks like I'm not the only one doing some Google searches. That, however, is not what I found so puzzling. In my online title tool, it shows me how often someone searches for a word or a phrase that I want to use. So here are all the phrases that I looked at to check how many monthly Google searches happen linked to my topic. So first of all, I'm praying for our children, praying for my child, how to pray for my child, prayers for my child, and then moms praying for their children. All of those are phrases that I put into my online tool to determine how many monthly Google searches happen with those topics. In all of those phrases, not a single one of them showed up in any monthly searches. And that's what puzzled me. And all the things that we search for, we never search to see if there is any additional helpful information out there about praying for our children. And I'm not saying Google has all the answers. I just thought moms never felt that they had all the answers themselves about praying for their children. And that out of those 2 trillion searches a year, someone would have Googled about praying for their children. Well, hopefully that isn't a determination about your interest in looking at some of the lessons that Hannah's Prayer for a Child teaches us about praying for our children. I know the heart of a Christian mom is we want to pray for our children. We want to know better how to pray for them best. 
So right now I'm teaching a praying moms class and I'm part of a praying moms prayer group at my church. Over the past 33 years of motherhood, I learned the importance of praying for our children no matter what stage of life. When my children were little, I prayed for them and now that they are grown and out of the house, I still pray for them. Almost every day that I talk to my 93-year-old mother, she tells me how she is praying for me and my children and what a ministry she has to her family. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a praying mom. So today I want us to look at the biblical story about another praying mom named Hannah. And this story is found in 1 Samuel 1. So Hannah's story is... Hannah wanted to be a mom. She wanted to be a mom more than anything else, but for years, Hannah couldn't get pregnant. At the point when we see Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 1, Hannah had become desperate. And I wrote about her desperation in a past blog post and, and told about it in a podcast. And the title of that one was, Do You Have Unfulfilled Desires and Feel Like God Isn't Listening? One commonality between our points of desperation and praying for our children is the fact that desperation and our children both will get us on our knees. And so often as moms, our desperation and our most desperate prayers usually point to our children. Praying for our children out of those moments of desperation is natural and to be expected. But we don't want desperation to be the sum of our prayer life. In reality, we can't expect to show up in times of crisis only and have an effective and powerful prayer life. On the other hand, I don't want to diminish the fact that God often uses moments of desperation or a crisis to teach us and grow us in our prayer life. But ultimately, we need a daily relationship with Jesus where we consistently show up and pray through the small and daily issues in our children's lives. So let's talk about three lessons for praying moms out of Hannah's prayer. Lesson number one, pray and trust God fully. In Hannah's prayer of desperation, she prayed for a child. However, she also committed to devote her child to the Lord all the days of his life if he blessed her with a child. And we need to view her situation from her day and time rather than our own. In her culture, being a mom held stronger implications to a woman's significance, purpose, and value. And this isn't about what is right or wrong, just simply the reality of that time in history. Another cultural element unrelatable in our current culture is how having children impacted a mother's personal provision and their family's degree of wealth. The more children born in a family meant more hands to work and provide food for a family and that directly affected a family's prosperity, which points to how much Hannah trusted God for her personal provision by trusting him with her son. Now, lesson number two is to dedicate your child to God. In 1 Samuel 1.11, it says, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Now, once Hannah birthed and weaned Samuel, she followed through with her commitment, and Samuel became one of the greatest prophets. 
The most important prayer and commitment we can pray and make to the Lord regarding our children is a true dedicating their lives to God. This means a full and trusting God with every element of their lives. Otherwise, instead of trusting God for their outcome, we create pain and misery for ourselves and our children in the parenting process because ultimately we then parent out of fear and a need to control. Having to be in total control as a parent never works out for any of our best. I know this from experience. Sadly, I must confess that I parented more out of fear while my children were growing up than I did out of fully trusting God. However, in God's love and mercy, he taught me of his trustworthiness. God brought me to a place of dedicating the daily details and the outcome of my three adult daughters' lives to him. You see, not only is God trustworthy, but he is true to his word. So when I dedicate my daughter's outcome to God, I base my confidence in his promise. Philippians 1 6 says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you, and we'll just say this in your children, in my children, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Lesson number three, pray until you get your answer. Prayer is what will get us through the hard stuff in life, whether we're talking about with ourselves or our children. We need a real prayer life where we connect and communicate with God. And a real prayer life sets us up to see God work in our lives, to see God work in our children's lives. In a genuine relationship with God, we will see Him respond to our prayers. And right there, we will see miracles in our lives and in the lives of our children as well. And I once again, I know this from experience. So as it went with Hannah, our answers and our miracles may not happen instantly because that's Hannah's story. Hannah's story in 1 Samuel tells us that she prayed for years before God answered her prayers for a child, but she did not give up. While the story doesn't specifically tell us God's purpose in her waiting season, we can know that God is purposeful even when we wait. A couple of weeks ago, another thing, the topic that I talked about in my blog post and in my podcast was waiting on God to fulfill his promise. So when we don't see God working in response to our prayers, that doesn't mean he isn't listening or working. We need to remember that God sees the big picture. He sees what we can't see and he works all things together for our good. So that is where fully trusting God based on his goodness comes in. Quite possibly the growth of the relationship with us personally may very well be his priority because as we walk with him, we learn more of his love and his goodness that positions us to fully trust him and to totally relinquish control as parents. God loves our children and he wants the best for our children even more than we do. That is something that God has taught me throughout the years of parenting. Always remember when your love for your children wells up in your heart and you feel this all-consuming love for them, God is the perfect parent and he loves them more than you do. In those moments of discipline when your greatest desire is for your child to experience their best life possible, maybe you're like me and you use that same phrase, I just want the best for you. I said that so many times. When you 
you say those things or you think those things, cling to the reality that God wants the best for them so much more than you do. Dear sister in Christ, learn from Hannah. Pray, trust God fully. Dedicate your most precious and valuable children to the Lord and keep praying until you get your prayers answered. Your children will be a true testament of the power of prayer and the love and goodness and faithfulness of our great God. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. I'm also on Pinterest. And check out my website on fire-ministries.org to read my blog, find my podcast, and find that perfect Bible study that you can use for yourself personally or for a group study. And also, please rate and review and share this podcast with others that someone else can be encouraged today. Until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.